0: For the single mamas who are out there struggling and need some inspiration, this episode is for you. Bienvenida, Reina. How is it going? This is Jen Hempel, your host. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. Before we dive in, I want to remind you that tonight, that is, if you are listening to this episode, the day it is released on March 25th, tonight is the second session of Financially Strong Latina. Remember, it is free to the public thanks to the support of AARP, who is our exclusive sponsor, and you can learn more and grab your spot if you haven't done so already at financiallystronglatina.com. And listen, don't forget to invite esa amiga, la mamá, la prima, la tía, (laughs) anyone that you can think of. Now let's get to today. We have a special guest. Let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. Born in Ecuador, raised in Los Angeles, living in Northern California since her time at UC Davis for a Bachelor's of Science, attending college as a single mama, Christina Trujillo is now the CEO and founder of Reem Media, a full-service media tech agency for all-size businesses, solopreneurs, nonprofits, and government agencies. Christina leverages her knowledge in community investment, economic and racial equity, and diverse cultural representation for the Foundation of ReMedia. For over 14 years, Christina designed, implemented, and led economic development programs in partnership with public and private agencies, legal agencies, and community-based organizations. Her driving force for social impacts stems from her visceral experience with extreme poverty, growing up in vulnerable communities while being held back academically within a public school system that could discriminated against students with English as a second language. In today's episode, you're going to learn the main barriers Christina faced to become just an incredible woman that you really are going to witness, as well as a powerful piece of advice for single mothers, entrepreneurship, and the relationship with her son, and how that's all together, as well as how her values have shaped her financial journey. ¿Lista? Vamos a conocer this reina of her money. Bienvenida, Cristina. I am so thrilled to have you here and joining me on the Her Dinero Matters podcast. I know we connected a little while back, but I feel like we just have so much in common. I love everything that you do. So I am excited to see where this conversation takes us.
1: Oh thank you so much, Jen. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited too. I am so excited to be here today, this morning, post-election day. Thank you so much for having (laughs) me. (laughs) Yes, we are recording this
0: on the day after of elections where we still have no word yet as to who won. So it's interesting times. Now but let's shift the focus on you because you are the focus of today, Christina. Let's go back in time when you were a little girl or maybe there was a specific memory of a conversation or something that you saw, something that really impacted your perspective of money.
1: Great. The first memory that comes up is a very sad memory, actually. It's when one of my teacher and a principal at in my elementary school noticed that i was malnourished and brought me in to have a conversation with me and it was the first time that anyone had really noticed that there was something wrong and that's when i mentioned that we didn't have any food in the refrigerator and my the principal at that elementary school she After school, she literally took me home and spoke to my mom and she took us to the grocery store and bought us, I think, you know, back then it was like a hundred dollars worth of groceries, which really lasted us a very, you know, maybe two months. That was my first impression of, I don't think I really ever knew that I was poor or I lacked any sort of concept about, you know, money into that day.
0: Wow. And so how do you think that has impacted you? So when you think back to that time, and thank you so much for sharing that, because that is tough. And if when you think back to that time, as you grew up, because you said this was elementary school, correct? Okay, so you were grew up, you became an adult, became a mom. How have you seen that story or that memory, or maybe that
1: impact that that memory had come up in your life? Oh absolutely it has been such an imprint in my life in particular with food insecurity where as a mom when you know i had my own means to take care of my son food was something that we never lacked right and i feel that when it came to my spending habits that was the one thing that perhaps i wasn't i feel that you know looking back i definitely spent a lot more money on food Perhaps maybe I should have budgeted more on food, but it was that psychological need of having an abundance of food versus a lack of food. And I definitely feel like I didn't necessarily have like a really great strategy to spend money on food. I just wanted to always make sure that I had a lot of food. And that was a priority. I was one of the first in my family to even start buying organic food and you know, spending a lot of money on organic food. And I would do that even before buying myself a nice pair of shoes or high quality clothes. Like I just didn't care. It was always like food, food, food. We need food. And even to this day, there's definitely that imprint of fear of food and, you know, like just feeling like I don't want to experience that again, that level of food insecurity.
0: Yeah, it is so interesting how much of an impact those stories have from our childhood or whenever they have happened because I know for me it was even though my parents didn't have a lot of money even when they came to a point where they were in a better financial situation they were still thinking like they didn't have much money and I could see that I'm like I thought we were in a better financial situation and to give you an example. I was fortunate that my parents helped me through college. Karen and my mom worked there. So it was like a huge discount. But at that point, they didn't want me to work. So it created the cycle of dependency, if you will. And okay. I just didn't like that, which meant when I went to the campus, if when I wanted to eat, I had to rely on what they gave me. So this is back in the 90s do myself. But back in the 90s when I was in college, and how much do you think I had for a week to spend on lunch? Remember, I worked, I lived at home. So how much do you think I was given? And I had to make it work in a week. I would say $20 a week. Half of that.
1: Yeah, I almost said $10. <laughs> $10. And,
0: and I think it was also my mom was is definitely that person. She's a big health person. So she doesn't like the idea of going out to eat because going out to eat is two things. You're spending money that you shouldn't, in her view, shouldn't be spending. And number two, you're not eating healthy in her perception, even though she'll eat all the chocolate that she can eat. So things like that. So it's just very interesting. Now let's go back. You've had that experience where food has definitely become a priority you wanted to make sure that there is abundance of food just based on your experience now you're a mom and i believe you're a single mom
1: Correct. Yes, I was. I raised my son as a single parent. He's now a young adult. He's 21. (laughs) Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about that. If you can tell us, because single moms are the best. I (laughs)
0: bow down and I respect you all so much because I've only had just a little glimpse, being a military staff, just the separations with my husband. I know it's just a small little glimpse of Of having to do a lot of things, but it's nowhere near what you all have to do. Now, tell us a little bit about your experience in terms of being a single mom, raising your son, and some of the challenges that you've overcome, some things that maybe you want to pass on to other single
1: moms that are listening. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the first things that I would say is that I don't wish single parenting on anyone. And I say this because I know that there are women out there, uh, men or women out, you know, because single parent, whether you're male or female, it's like single parenting is very, very hard. And I don't wish it on anyone because I believe that the chances of just, I don't know if, I just believe that every child really does need two parents. They need two perspectives in the household. There's so much struggle in the world and in life that having two parents in a household really get helps to balance things out. And if one parent is not doing good, the other parent could rise to the occasion and help out, right? And that's something that I definitely didn't have. And in fact, so I became a mother at a very young age back in the day in the 90s. <laughs> I was raised in a household where there wasn't a college culture because just due to the lack of awareness of college. And so the idea was that I would get married very soon and so that I can be accepted in the family. My family essentially uh, gave me an ultimatum, said that I had to get married. And I had a boyfriend at the time. And I'm like, okay, I guess we're getting married at this little beat up chapel (laughs) in Los Angeles. And anyhow, a few months later after that, I got pregnant with my son And I just knew at that time, absolutely, I'm going to have my son. This is meant to be. And I was only 20 years old. (laughs) And long story short, that marriage did not work out. And my son and I ended up in a women's battered shelter. And that's very hard to remember. But I immediately, I knew when I had my son that that was my rebirth. Essentially, I was rebirthed into somebody else. I was rebirthed with someone who's always had an ambition, But suddenly I knew what to do with that ambition and that passion of mine. And I knew and I made a commitment to my infant son that I wasn't going to raise him in poverty, even though I had only a high school education, even though we were in a women's battered shelter. I knew that I had to do everything in my power to rise above that. And so I did, and it took me a while, but I ended up at UC Davis with my son, and he was five years old when we were there. and I got my degree with my son. I started my career with my son, and I started my career in the nonprofit sector, in the affordable housing sector. And within that sector, I was the very first one to implement a poverty alleviation program statewide. It was an asset building program. And as a mom, I knew that I needed to get out of poverty and I needed to do everything possible to get out of poverty. And as a single parent, I also didn't have that unconditional support for my family, which I don't regret because I just feel like it's made me so resilient. My family was like, well, you had your child, now you take care of it. You can't just bring your baby to us to take care of. And if you're going to bring your baby to us to take care of, you better pay us. And that's just the way it was. And yes, it was harsh, but... I don't blame them or begrudge them. I think that it was powerful. It was powerful for me to learn that I had everything within myself to raise my child, you know, and that I was going to do it through, you know, tremendous uh, struggle and circumstances. And based on how I already grew up and everything that I had survived as a child, it made me so strong that, yes, I was able to get out of poverty. I was able to build my career, but that... Scarcity mindset has never left me. Do I have money traumas? Yes. Have I inadvertently raised my son with money traumas? Yes. Even though, which is ironic, because I was teaching financial education to practitioners in my career. So the good news is my son, even though he has felt my money traumas, I was able to balance it out with what I was learning in my career and I was able to teach. But yeah. It, Big takeaway is if you are a single parent, I would say definitely identify your tribe, identify your support system, because I absolutely had a, a phenomenal you know, support system with friends, with my son's godfather, who was an early friend of mine. And he was always there. His name is Craig Crockett. I've always essentially had a group of friends that I could call on for support and I always made sure that I surrounded myself with really good people, with really good role models for my son as well.
0: My goodness, you are just an incredible woman. I'm telling you. Wow. Before we continue, I have a quick message for you. Herdineto Matters is supported by First Republic Bank. Ask yourself this. Does your bank really know you? It's time to discover the difference personalized banking can make by switching to First Republic Bank. From day one, you'll be connected with a dedicated banker who will serve as your primary point of contact throughout your relationship with the bank. They'll know you by name and will be by your side to help serve you and your goals. Your dedicated First Republic banker can design solutions that support both your personal and business needs at any stage, from finding the right loan to refinancing debt to buying a home. And you can always call and message your dedicated banker directly from their mobile app for anything that comes up along the way. Learn more today at firstrepublic.com. That's firstrepublic.com member FDIC equal housing lender Now you mentioned and I knew this about you that you were in the world of personal finance and now you started or not now it's been a bit but you started a company called Remedia and tell me like how did that transition because for a while you were teaching personal finance to practitioners and then you transition into the world on entrepreneurship where it's digital media helping people in all sorts of aspects of production and video and audio and before we jump into today's content keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show it's something special just for you and all that. So tell us how they're two completely different worlds. How did that transition happen? How did you get to that part?
1: How I how my business came about, I want to say it did definitely happen in a series of events. And so I, I want to, I just thought about something that I want to say to all parents, actually. One of the biggest lessons that I learned as a parent is to watch out for the things that I'm projecting on my son and try to take a step back and really look at his gifts, at really what his innate gifts are and support those gifts and cherish those gifts and encourage and love those gifts. And so when he was growing up, my son wanted to be a model, which he's nothing like that anymore. But I took him to some modeling agencies. Long story short, he got in. He did some modeling with like Lucasfilms. And long story short, years later, my son, he was now 18, taking a gap year from college and he he needed a break. And I had said to him, you know, son, the nonprofit sector, like the social impact sector, I feel really needs, it's lacking sort of the channel to inform the public better. It's lacking those captivating visuals, the documentaries to inform the public and potential funders and even lawmakers about the plethora of resources of programs that are in the communities. And so there is this like disconnect. And then there's also this gap of access to information and resources. And we are now in this digital world, and I believe that you know all these nonprofits should be out there killing it, going viral with all the good things that they're doing. Was this, at the time was a self-taught photographer and videographer, and at his high school, they even had him as a main photographer. And he said to me, "Well, mom, you know, right now I'm just you know hanging out. How about we offer your colleagues photography services and videography services? You know, while I'm around and." just, you know, turn it into like a, you know, side gig and stuff. I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. Right away, I took it serious. And I got my sole proprietorship. And I started offering it to these services, my son's services to my colleagues. And sure enough, you know, he had this supplemental income. (laughs) And I was, wow, then a year later, he was fully employed with a startup. And right away rose with the startup and he was only 20 19 20 years old but he was employed quickly because of what he helped me create right he learned so much and then he was also interning for another startup and it was amazing and then of course my little bird flew from the nest <laughs> you know you're just like okay mom Gotta go now, and of course that's nature. And I, I was like, okay, baby, you know, he literally moved out. He started adulting, and then I was like, well, here I am left with this business that when I first created it, it had this long name of reigniting empowered expressiveness and motivation. <laughs> so I was like, well, what do I do with this? I know it's gonna work because it worked with my son. I tying it back to his modeling times. I was also privy to the world of modeling agencies. So I kind of put two and two together and was like, huh, why don't I become an ethical multimedia agency where I'm connecting freelance artists to these important gigs? And now that my son, now that my son blew <laughs> like, But he's a, a co-founder of this company. Well, you know, I wanted to give him the title, but he's like, no, 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 ma, <laughs> it's not <all> you. <laughs> Oh my goodness! He's like, I saw you buy you, you kids. So he's like, but I'll continue to be your advisor, and he he does. He advises me on operations, on cost, customer experience. And he's really good, and he has. So yes, I developed in last year in August. It's when I actually formally launched as an agency. I had eight talent and varied and many di- disciplinaries under me. But of course, fast forward, boom. 2000, we got hit with AB5, which is a proposition that passed about a year, two years ago. And then we got hit with the pandemic. I think it was about in April. That's when I had to really make a decision about my business because it's either was going to be sink or swim. I knew I had something special that was meant to work. And so very quickly on, I pivoted. I said, well, we started off with videography, photography. That's not going to be enough anymore. Now I'm going to pivot into a full service multimedia agency where I have media and I have tech. So essentially our clients, they come to us with a need, whether it's for production, for maybe a video that they need for fundraising. Or they come to us because they need to revamp their brand strategy. So they come to us with various different needs. But at the end of the day, it is a relationship that we're building with the client. It's a very holistic one that I take very serious. And that means a lot to me. And it's really about cultivating those relationships and ensuring that for all of our clients, we are meeting all of their needs so that they don't have to have trying to go look for another service somewhere else. We are essentially covering whether it's their tech needs or their media needs. It's all under one roof.
0: That is so interesting. And what I really love about that is one, you know, you have leveraged your contacts and you're essentially helping this talent, videographers, photographers, what have you link them up with job opportunities, essentially, or work, which I think is fabulous because it's not easy being a freelancer. So to be able to connect and be linked up with someone like you I mean, if I was a freelancer, absolutely. That is a no brainer. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) That one is so awesome. And it's amazing to see, especially in the year 2020 with the pandemic, with COVID, the different pivots and how people have pivoted and just persevered and the being resilient. And I love, even though there's a lot of definitely still, we can't ignore, there's hardship still. There's hardship and pain and all these things, but I love that you've just been able to just pivot and and really keep moving forward. Because one of the things that I also have observed about you, and just in a short time, it's just been a short time since not even six months since we've connected. One things one of the things that I've noticed about you is that your values are so important to you. That they're like it's very very apparent. That is just something I think in that. Maybe one conversation that I have, they're important in your life and in your work. So it's not your values don't just, you don't live on your values, just on your life, but also your worth
1: with your work. I mean, your agency is based on ethical. Yeah, we're an ethical multimedia agency, meaning that you're right. It's I very much the talent that I have, they appreciate me because talent, especially when you're an artist, creative. You just want to focus on the creative process, right? What I help them with is program management, the admin, you know, the management of a project. And that's so helpful for them. Not only do I attract the clients and link them up with, but in addition to that, I'm very transparent with my talents. They know from beginning to end what the cost is, everything, basically all the numbers, right? How much we're charging, how much we're getting for a job and what the breakdown is. I'm very transparent. And really when it comes down to have, needing a discount, I've taken it out of my own fee so that my talent you know, doesn't have to have a reduction in their own compensation. I fundamentally believe that creatives artists should not have to be starving artists. And I hate that saying, I hate, oh, you're a starving artist. Well, why? Why does it have to be that way? When artists are the ones that are so brave and courageous to be able to share their work of art with us, that brings so much delight and joy and unity to the world. Why should an artist have to be a starving artist? And also, yes, absolutely. My values are, I fundamentally believe Since I survived so much, since I survived poverty and I've survived so much, I believe that my purpose in life is to turn all of that into light, meaning that because I went through that, I know that I'm not going to be someone that's going to recreate those same problems in others, right? I have to be better than that so that other people, whoever comes in contact with me is going to have a great experience and know that they can trust me and know that I'm reliable and I'm very loyal. So that's why I feel that my values absolutely always have to be aligned, not only in my personal life, but absolutely in my professional life. For me, there's no divide.
0: I love that. Now with your values, I know you've pretty much touched upon it a little bit, but how have they shaped your financial journey? Because obviously your values are very, very important to you.
1: How have they shaped your financial journey? That's perfect. So they shape my journey in a sense where my value is in economic justice. So for example, if you were to come to my home and look at my closet, you'll see just very old clothes, honestly, because my thought is, I don't want to keep spending money on new clothes and then having my old clothes go to some type of dumpster. And I don't know, like, I just really do feel like that interconnection with the people that are maybe creating my clothes or even like the farm workers. You know, I always see that connection with the person that helped to create this, whether it's harvest food or whether it's making my clothes. And I just think to myself, well, if I have to align my spending with the things that I buy, so you won't see me, for example, buying something to expose a brand. I'm very careful about my spending habits in that way, trying to align my spending habits with what I value.
0: That is beautiful. This has been so fantastic. I think I've already told you or if I haven't directly, I've I've thought it you're just such a beautiful human being. And you can tell just a beautiful soul that you have about you. So thank you so much, Christina, for sharing your story for sharing your journey, for allowing us to get to know you and get to know a part of you that. It's vulnerable, right? And I know I could tell it was a little bit hard to share, but I appreciate you sharing because I know there is at least one person listening right now that can totally relate to your story. So just you sharing that I know has made their day because they know that they're not alone. So thank you so much, Christina, for being here and for sharing more. Thank you so much, Jim, for the opportunity. I really
1: appreciate you.
0: You were touched today. I know I was. And I hope you noticed that she was really vulnerable. I think she opened up more than she thought she was going to open up. And I'll let her attest to that. But I really, really appreciated Christina just sharing from her heart. And just being okay with being vulnerable and feeling safe in sharing her journey. Because I know sometimes when there are things in our life along in our journey that have happened to us that are really tough to think about, right? And it's tough to talk about, but she managed to just share from her heart. And I know that's going to touch Some of you, especially you single moms that maybe have been needing some inspiration that maybe at this very moment in time are facing some difficult times. And I hope that her story is an inspiration to you to keep going, to keep pressing, to keep moving forward. Now you can connect with Christina over at reammedia.org. I will have that link In today's show notes, she is a beautiful soul and I definitely encourage you to connect with her, connect with her on social media. She has these finance Fridays that are live and I actually participated in one of them. So look her up on social media as well. I'm sure that as you listened to this conversation with Christina, you noticed how resilient, how she was able to overcome many things in the course of her life, which really essentially, especially when it comes to the finances, when it comes to her persevering in her financial life, it makes her a Financially Strong Latina, which is why I want to remind you to join us for Financially Strong Latina. It is absolutely free. The second session is happening today if you are listening to this episode on March 25th. And I am confident that you're going to be blown away with what we're bringing you. Now, remember, it doesn't cost you anything. The tickets are free. All thanks to the support from AARP. And you can get all the details at financiallystronglatina.com. So today, if you're listening to this on March 25th, and marks the second session. We will have one more session left. Now, if you're thinking, well, I'm not going to be able to make it today and I missed last week. Ah, oh, well, I guess it's my loss. No, just go ahead and register because if you register you get access to all three sessions. We are recording them. We know you are busy. So if you're not able to make it today and you're thinking you just lost, no, register and you're going to get access to all three sessions. Next week marks the beginning of April, which is also the beginning of Financial Literacy Month. I will be doing a solo episode diving more into what financial literacy is in terms of what it means within our Latino communities. I'm not going to talk to you about, yes, we need to save more, spend less, get out of debt, but I want to focus on more of the aspects and the challenges of our Latino community. And after that, all of April, I will be bringing you guests to discuss money and financial literacy From the lens of an immigrant, a DACA recipient, and I also have an immigration lawyer as well to talk about financial challenges of immigrants as Latinos as well. So it is a jam-packed April. I'm really excited to bring you this financial literacy series. Stay tuned and don't miss it. Well, that is it Eso es todo. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into today's show. You can check out today's show notes over at JenHemphill.com forward slash 258. Remember, being the reina of your money starts now simply by claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. If you love this podcast, love this episode, I would love it if you share it with someone you care about. You never know what exactly that person is going through. And the simple act of sharing can change the direction of their financial life for the better. And if you haven't hit the follow button on that podcast app you're listening from, make your life easier and hit follow so you don't miss any episodes. Bueno pues, that is everything y nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.